0: Hello and welcome to the 40th episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and mental breaks hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst and the sully to my Nate, Mr. Kale Adam. If you like what you hear, you can and should review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Long Pod. With that out of the way, Kale, there you go. Govinda, I am wonderful.
1: I am rested. I am well in both body and spirit. I've had Four days off hanging out with my family, I drank, I ate, I did not get to play any video games, but I did have a good time. So yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you today?
0: I'm doing pretty well. I also spent time with your family, uh, just a little bit of time. I was locked out of my work computer uh, as of Friday last week, so I had Monday off, which is awesome if I wasn't a contractor, because then I don't get paid, but it was still awesome because I got to play more Elden Ring, which again is awesome. Have I said awesome <laughs> enough? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Wait, uh, no, wait. I asked you that already. Oh, Don't worry yeah, about yeah.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we did that. No, we had a good time, didn't we? We, we hung out. We, we, we saw the
0: Uncharted movie, which we'll talk about in a little while. We did. I also have seen The Batman as well. I had a very movie-filled week. I feel, how do I say
1: this? Betrayed, jealous. I feel negative about that news.
0: That I've seen The Batman and that you have not?
1: Yeah, I feel left out. I know you live a long way away, and it would be difficult for us to do well, that.
0: We saw a movie together, and that was Uncharted, and we'd planned that, and we saw that, and we watched it, and I, we enjoyed it. You know, and it was a good time. Spoiler but I... alert: I enjoyed. It, I had a good time. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, "It's not enough. I'm, I haven't seen enough, and I need to see. I need to see Robert Pattinson or Cedric Diggory, mm. uh, Edward Cullen, even." Oh. uh transform into the Dark Knight himself the Batman not Batman the Batman
1: so, I am confused because it's ge- been getting very mixed reviews you were very positive mm-hmm. on it
0: Why? yeah very 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 much so uh it's it goes for a very long time that's like one thing and I, I'm at a point now where maybe it was a little too long three hours I'm like Ugh. it was like when I saw dune I was like it just you just a little too long but yeah it had my attention for the whole whole movie. I thought The Riddler was very good. Not maybe as good as Jim Carrey's The Riddler as in, uh, what was it, Batman Forever.
1: That's an interesting (laughs) call because he is so cartoonishly (laughs) campy.
0: Hey, those movies have a place. right? I think there have been no bad Batman movies. I think they were what they were for their time and they were fine. I have to say Colin Farrell played a very good Penguin. Uh, Again, arguably maybe not as good as Danny DeVito. That is a tough one to beat, <laughs> mainly because he's so short. He is kind of like the perfect penguin. No, this was a. It was very good. It was a lot more grounded, I guess you would call it. The Riddler take was very much more of a like anarchist than just some weird dude in a lab that got shit on and then he gets mad and starts doing weird puzzles. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, it was just very dark. I understand they announced it was a PG movie and everyone was upset about that, but really, like you couldn't tell it was a PG movie. It was still dark and people getting shot and fights and whatever it was really good i my one thing is i think maybe pattinson played bruce wayne like a little too emo for me very emo
1: we've talked about this but i'm here for robert pattinson and i'm also here for it's paul dano right uh, the the riddler
0: oh the riddler was really good he's I a new favorite i, I much, do like
1: yeah. i do like that young man
0: I hope it's not the end of the Riddler. I hope we see him again. Uh, hard to know, but they do have a little scene in the end of the movie that is very interesting with another someone. Oh. Uh, no spoilers there, but there's just a little scene in there. And Post-credits? It, uh, no, pre-credits. Pre-credits. I might I might see this tomorrow. It's uh, Look, I really enjoyed it. I, I got out there and I was like, that was sick. I... I'm glad I went. You know what I mean? This is not like when I saw that Superman movie with Henry Cavill and walked out being like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is that? I didn't didn't hate the first one. The first one, you know, that was all right. I forget what it was. There was a point where like him and Lois Lane were kissing while the city was being absolutely destroyed. (laughs) And my thoughts just went straight to like, maybe not the time for it.
1: Yeah, this is quite self-indulgent uh, right now.
0: <laughs> just, just really quickly, just to cap it off, it's I liked it a lot because it was maybe the only Batman movie I've seen where Batman feels like a detective. Yeah, sure, sure. That is like usually actually got to solve stuff. Yeah, sometimes it's a little bit convenient the way things like he finds things and whatever. But you know, it's a movie. You've got to move the story along quickly. I wish I knew her name, but I I'm blowing it. Uh, the the woman who played Catwoman did a really Zoe good Kravitz. job. Zoe Kravitz nailed it. Uh, really, really good. Honestly, like I, I have to say performances all around were really great. Yeah, it right. Really, it was just a good movie. I'm a big fan. The emo Bruce Wayne did give me feelings of Spider-Man 3 when Tobey Maguire was in a black suit. Everyone remember that iconic scene? But overall, I'm a big fan. I don't know how I would score it, but it was, it was very enjoyable. And I think you will enjoy it thoroughly if you like the patterns. And- this is a very dumb question, but I assume it's set up for a sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. The scene I said at the end, where like there's another dude, like that is kind of the setup for the next movie with a bit of a hint, and it's uh yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it goes, and I also really appreciate there was no origin story. Like we know how Batman became Batman. Don't they? Kind of they do a bit of exposition to kind of get you there, obviously, because it is kind of tied into the the story that's going on. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was very good. I liked it a lot.
1: You know, I'll definitely uh, go see it. And while we're here, I suppose we might as well just jump into the
0: Uncharted movie. Uh, it makes might sense as well. To... We got a sort of a big episode, surprisingly, so we might as well get it get it going.
1: Top top level thoughts. Well, straight, straight off the top of the dome. What do you
0: think? We saw it together, but your wife was there as well. And when we got out, she explained it pretty well. She was like, it really reminds me of like those 90s blockbuster movies. Mm, yeah, and yeah. I, it it really did. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I expected to, but that was me setting myself up for that because I was like going in thinking it was going to be absolute hot trash. But it was fun. It was a fun movie, and I enjoyed it. I liked that they didn't do they didn't do the the games plot. They just kind of made their own amalgamation of plots and made this their own story, which made it probably better rather than trying to mimic a game. But overall, I, I had a lot of fun.
1: I kept thinking like it could it could have been so much worse, like it was like it was an enjoyable time I, I had fun the whole way through like there were like I was describing it to you as my my gamer treats there were like the nice little Easter eggs throughout like oh, if yeah. You, yeah like yeah. yeah, if you've played the games, there's a few nice little moments for you, and you're like, ooh, i I get that reference I, that's for me,
0: yeah, it was just a fun movie. I am disappointed Ugh, I it's hard, because I don't really want to spoil it for people. Oh,
1: we won't we won't spoil it. So I'm um, not
0: gonna, but look, I, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, there's just something that we kind of predicted it when we were talking about it and looking at the trailers, and it was as we predicted, which was a little disappointing, but it was actually, like, surprisingly funny.
1: Yeah, and that, part of that, I think the the weakest parts for me were the characters, weirdly, although not... Tom Holland and the funniness like uh, if I just saw two scenes he could almost be doing the Spider-Man shtick. it's sort of that comedy Uh, it's weird because he's a little more confident but at the same time he's sort of a little bumbly it's
0: yeah yeah I was gonna say Tom Holland plays like he plays a Tom Holland character right like I feel like everything I've ever seen him in he's just kind of Tom Holland and uh, that's like the one thing I'd say like Nathan Drake needed to be more kind of cocky and confident than he was but other than that No, I really enjoyed it. I thought Chloe was good. Chloe was great. I actually liked that. There was a weird kind of, not an anticlimactic part, but a weird little turn right towards the end that I thought was, I don't know, with the antagonist, which I thought was a little bit strange and like they just felt like they had to have a twist, so they did this thing at the end. There were, Uh, and I felt
1: (laughs) there were some weird sort of decisions made, which I almost wish we were going into spoilers, but like the the obsession with um. Twists and double crosses. Like there's so much happening and this movie like changes direction so many times. It's it gets a little much, and some of them sort of, I don't know, isolate characters, make some characters
0: feel less useful than others, and a hundred percent. And then all of a sudden other characters become very important out of nowhere, and you're like, yeah. what's going on? I uh, kind of like Batman, but to the nth degree as well, like Them going on their little, like, oh, we got to find clues and how to find out where we're going. Like, do you see anything where you are? And it's, like, right in front of them, clear as day, chiseled on the side (laughs) of a fucking fountain. Like, (laughs) it's, like, okay, these are, they're not even hidden clues at this point. Like, they're just in your line of sight. You're not even trying to hide them. But, again, it's a movie and you're trying to move the story along so you can't have them, like, actually looking too long. Yeah. Very convenient clues and puzzle solving.
1: The action scenes were great. Like a lot of that was like awesome. Well done. It
0: could be Mm -hmm. right
1: at home. There's actually like the climactic scene right at the end is I think could be in a game. I I was thinking the exact
0: same thing, yeah. Yeah. Like, especially a Naughty Dog game, it feels like those climactic scenes in Uncharted, the big scenes like where you're on the cruise ship and it's like falling over and waves are crashing and it's sinking, whatever. It feels like one of those kind of set pieces in a movie. And I'm like, oh man, I wouldn't be surprised if Naughty Dog stole that and put it into a game. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because it would work very well. Uh, I did like that last scene, as obscene and physics-defying as it was. Somehow we haven't... Talked about
1: or even mentioned Mark Wahlberg. I think he was the weakest part, unfortunately. Like Sully doesn't
0: really feel like Sully;
1: <laughs> he feels like no, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <It's...
0: laughs> well, I, that's probably that's why I was like, I think Chloe was really good, but and yeah, I think, but I think the main characters of of Nathan Drake and Sully were kind of weak because they didn't. They just again felt like Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, like.
1: I will say that at least Tom Holland got there and there are a few moments where you're like, okay, this is at least a young Drake and I can kind of get on board yeah. with it. Like it's, But he, yeah, Sully doesn't, <laughs> he's just kind of, It's. I was saying it to you, it's like the, the other guys with Will Farrell. he's sort of that character again. <laughs> like,
0: he's just... I get this is early in their relationship, right? It's like their first thing together. You don't really get to see that in the Uncharted games at all. They've been seasoned friends for a long time but uh, there's just traits of
1: Govinda in Uncharted 3 um but
0: I'll let that one go what, what's their first thing together what's the first heist because I get like when they meet each other when he's yeah a kid, when it, they meet I mean yeah when he's that's not what I'm talking about no no I, I guess it's a different meet in this movie they kind of change the, the but canon they do for the movies they do show them like literally meeting
1: in this movie which kind of makes it weird as well because you're like why do yeah. you I don't know like why are you willing to go with this strange man on a yeah. cross-continent Mean, they just hunt. gave
0: <laughs> they just gave Sully these character traits that seem not like the game character if that makes sense like too they make selfish. him way more deceiving and selfish and stuff. Yeah, whereas yeah. in the game he's almost like looking out for Nathan Drake and is a not a father figure but kind of you know what I mean.
1: Put it this way again we we mentioned there's a lot of double
0: crosses. I can't
1: really imagine Sully actually double crossing Drake, and that doesn't happen in the games like. You know it's and not kinda... to say it
0: really happens in the movie, but it's heavily implied for a lot of yeah, it they and... just don't
1: trust each other, they just sort yeah. of you know, there's a lot of that, and
0: it just feels a little
1: off because you're like, No, Sally's the fucking boy, he's always there, Like he always comes
0: through. <laughs> it's uh, and then they do the little bit at the orphanage between Nathan Drake and his brother, which I think was the cringiest oh, so cringe.
1: I am oh, so lame for that stuff, like, I when they did the sick like Parvis Magna
0: bit I was like all right that's actually I I was sold on it I like that I guess so but that never came back into it at all but it's beside the point I liked it it wasn't amazing it wasn't perfect but I enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed the ride and will I see it again probably not
1: no but that being said I'm kind of keen for a sequel like I definitely see where they go next with this like
0: well because they end it in a way where I'm like okay that feels more like the characters I know
1: yeah, I, th- that's what we've been beating around the bush. The final scene kind of
0: gives you what you want, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, even like in the in the climactic scene, like Nathan Drake like finally looks like Nathan Drake. You know what I mean? And I, without spoiling what happens and what he does, it's just like there's a bit where you're like oh, now we're in Uncharted, and this was all like a precursor to the actual yeah. Uncharted movie that's going to come out eventually. But look, we don't have to linger too much on it. That I just enjoyed it. If I had to score it, I'd say it's like a seven.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think it was like it was great uh, while we we're in there. But honestly, I kind of haven't really thought about it in a few
0: days. <laughs> it just Exactly. <laughs> whereas the Batman, I've thought about. I guess I haven't. This hasn't been that long, but I've thought about it a lot. I've been. I enjoyed that a lot, and you should see it. And uh, let me know what you think. Fuck yeah! I'll give you an update next week, Govinda, But I think it's time for us to
1: move. Oh, actually, we should talk about some video games. <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, we changed it up last week, so now we don't even know how to do this game, this game, this show anymore, this game show anymore. It is a game show, but just not the game show you'd expect. Before we do what we obviously were going to do, I'm going to tell you what I was playing that's not Elden Ring.
1: I don't know how you actually managed to play anything
0: but Elden Ring, because all I have played is Elden Ring. (laughs) Because I go to my friend Sean's house and we don't play Elden Ring, that's how. So I played a game called Moving Out, which you I think we spoke about once before on this podcast, but it's made by an Australian developer in Sydney. If you like Overcooked, you will love this game, I think. It's so fun and dumb. as just a good little co-op game. And I was even saying to you, we should stream this together because it's a good one, especially because we did enjoy Overcooked so much together. But you're essentially just two little things. Like I, I was a fried egg. Let's be honest. I was a dude with a fried <laughs> egg head. That's how I was playing Uh, And your job is to move stuff into a moving truck from a house. The way they do it is like some things you can pick up by yourself and you can throw them by yourself. Other things are like they're light enough for you to drag out to the truck by yourself. But if you need to throw it, you need two people to throw it. And then there are other objects like couches and fridges that just need two people to move it. And so when you start the round, it'll show you everything in the house that needs to be moved because not everything in the house needs to be moved. Yeah, and you have to go through and figure out like the most efficient way to get all this shit into the truck, and it is wacky because the controls are <laughs> a bit shit, and they're they're a bit shit on purpose.
1: Yeah, so right. Even if you're
0: moving something by yourself, you're like hitting doors and getting caught on things, and like you got to move things out of the way so you can get through. Some levels will have like a a pet turtle walking around trying to n- nip at you, and you've got to like slap it out of the way so you can get around. It's just a fun little dumb, clever game. There are boxes that are fragile, so you can't, like, if you throw them or if you run into them or you drop them, they'll break. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be more careful with them. But then we found out that you can throw and catch, and that's a way to move fragile stuff oh. quicker.
1: Uh,
0: it's just a fun little, it's a dumb, fun little game, and it was a good time.
1: I'd, be, I'd definitely be keen to stream some or something. I, I was telling you my fun fact. I actually interviewed to work on this game at smg studios they're based down in melbourne where i used to live and i was wildly unqualified and i did not get the job but it was uh an interesting little series of events and it's funny though because then after that I, I never played the
0: game when it came out <laughs> <laughs> is it because of out of spite you were just upset you didn't get the job no no they were actually
1: super cool and it would have been awesome too like it was right near
0: my house the studio but look now i don't want to call you a liar and i i well, maybe I do. I actually kind of get a kick out of it. According to Wikipedia, this studio was founded in 2013 and is based in Sydney, Australia. I mean, I'm not lying. I, I went to the studio.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: What's uh SMG Studios? They had a
0: Melbourne office. I don't know what to tell you. There we go. Okay. Here he comes. Kale's okay, lying to everyone. Oh, you know what? I actually, uh, while I was living in uh, Brisbane too, I went to their Brisbane office and I interviewed as well for a role. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they said it was between me and some dude in Melbourne, but they didn't have an office in Melbourne, so um, they weren't <laughs> going to give him the job because that would make no sense.
1: It was real to me, damn it. How dare you cast aspersions on this,
0: you little fucker? I still don't even believe you've ever written for a gaming website. I think that's all I lie to. I can prove it, but. Oh, uh, yeah, sure you can.
1: Now it's time to talk about Elden Ring, Govinda, and we don't need to spend 40 minutes like we did last week. I would love to. I would love nothing more. But this is all I'm playing. I can't stop. It's got to the point... I've done a dangerous thing. I, I've created another character. I've started again. I've got a, 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 a sorcery-based character just because we talked about it so much. I was like, I need to get some of this out of my system. And I just fucking
0: love it so much. You're a monster, dude. I am a You're monster, yeah. You're an absolute yeah. monster, yeah. It's really funny because it is straight up just like the hardcore Zelda Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as if, you know, that game had even passable combat
0: mechanics. <laughs> Okay, here we go. We wouldn't have to compare it. I'm just saying, just like if you think about it conceptually, like they went from these little dungeon crawler games, (laughs) yeah, pretty linear, and like you just go to different dungeons and whatever, to that crazy open world where you've got to go do five bosses which is exactly what you did in breath of the wild <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and then all the mini dungeons are just all the little um shrines that you had to go to and thing. like i like it they really did just kind of not copy and paste but they took a lot of inspiration oh, the, from breath of the, the wild, inspiration is just like horizon there. did
1: could you could you imagine if your weapons broke in like 10 hits in elden ring and you just had to get a new weapon Oh, I actually didn't
0: even like that in Zelda, to be totally honest It was you, awful. But... It was a terrible yeah. decision. <laughs> it was like... Oh, look, I, I get it, but I also hated it. That's not uh... the focus of those games. Like, you know,
1: there's not even, like, different movesets for the weapons in Zelda. I think it's like there's regular, like, one-handed weapons, then the two-handed weapons have their moveset. And that's kind of... Oh, and then there's spears. And there's, you know... There's stack. spears.
0: you got the bow and stuff as well.
1: But it's not like Elden Ring where there's like four different spears and they have four different movesets. Yeah, okay. kind of. Again,
0: <laughs> why are we compare? I was never trying to compare. I was just saying it's just interesting how much they took from it. Like you can really like draw so many parallels between the games. It's just this is for grown ups and that was for children.
1: Yeah, for little baby boys, little baby Inner boys. Children.
0: I loved it. Don't don't fuck. I with loved Breath it too. I'm just talking mad shit. I really want to see what they do with Breath of the Wild too, and I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see. Uh, I'm how
1: sorry. Goes. W- were you referring to um? Untitled uh, Breath of the Wild sequel, which is currently its working title because that has not been announced. <laughs> that has not been announced.
0: Breath of the Wild Two. We all know what I'm talking about. Look, I listening back to the episode as I was editing it. It really did. Like I, I was just trying to find flaws with this game. I know we because told- otherwise we were gushing, right? And then I, and but one of the, I stand by. I think Stormvale Castle is a little bit like is a little bit of a not fair like. Compared to every other game, it's amazing. But for mm. a from software game, I think the dungeon was a little bit meh. And I'm thinking back on it, and I'm like, I think it's because I'm I'm thinking of Dark Souls as not just the dungeons, because the entire game is a dungeon, really. Yes, that's because that's it's not right. open. It's not open, right? So I'm thinking of like every little area you're in is intertwining with the shortcuts, and I compare it to Stormvale Castle. I'm like, it just wasn't as great as I was expecting. And then I got to the next big boss area. Yeah, which was yep. the academy. Yeah, like, uh, Aurelia. This is fucking insane. Yeah. And then what I did is I progressed on, right? I beat the boss that's there. I progressed into the next area. And then it really just dawned you. I think around that point, it really dawned me how fucking monumentally gigantic it's, this game is.
1: I, I was trying to, like, get that across last week because I, had, I was sort of where you are now at that point. And I was like, I can't even fathom. Like, yeah, once you hit that third area, which actually opens up into a fourth and fifth, and the uh the legacy dungeon of that area is like it blew my mind. It still does. That's where I am. Like I've spent yeah, all this time I, in that area. Like
0: I like it's just crazy how big it is. And like I look back and I'm like, I need to go back to the other area because like that second yeah. area I really <laughs> haven't found that much stuff in, like comparatively. So I know there's gonna be a shitload more to find and I've gotta go back and do that. And it almost like I, I was playing on Monday because I kind of had this sneaky day off accidentally. And I, had to just, I just stopped at one point because I was like, I'm a little overwhelmed. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Yep. And I'm just going to take a moment because I just don't, I'm, I don't know what to do. It's kind like, of interesting.
1: It's yeah, it's kind of interesting to me that I know that even in the first area, I'm pretty sure you've missed the massive underground, which you can access like from the beginning of the game. There's just a whole nother map under the first area.
0: Interesting, because I found the underground in the second area.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, wow.
0: Yeah, I did miss it,
1: and it's it's probably comparable in size, maybe a little bigger. But there's so much to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that also blew me away too because I found that underground in the second area, and I was like, oh, this isn't just a dungeon. Like, I'm it's an going area crazy, like crazy, like ruins and catacombs, and like there's like it looks like there's like essentially a castle under there, which is ridiculous. It's fucked. I'm I don't know how to not play this anymore.
1: Yeah, and, like, you know, we, we have talked this to death and we should move along, but the Stormvale Castle thing, like, I would compare that in Dark Souls 1 to something like Sen's Fortress, where it's just, like, a one-and-done location. You move through it, there's a bunch of, like, you know, obstacles to overcome. Sen's Fortress, like, if you look at it, wireframe is, like, it's really just a couple of floors, a few small corridors, and then a boss fight. Whereas, like, Stormvale is, like, it's a... It's a castle. Like, it's a realistic castle that you can see from multiple angles. You can, like, get up on the battlements. Like, you get into the gardens. You, you know, fight your way through the inner fucking courtyard. It's, like,
0: it's massive <laughs> compared to, like, one area in the original Dark Souls. It It is massive, but I, I don't know. I didn't feel... And I, I could be missing stuff, but I did go back through there a few times. But it doesn't feel like there's as many, like shortcuts and doors and stuff you can open that'll loop you back around like you do kind of just yeah. have your, your little spawn points and your 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 gray sites and you can kind of just go from there but uh, it's like I, again i'm you said it last week like compare that to any other game ever like what who's got dungeons like that and you're right like no one really yeah. does at all so I, again i'm only comparing a from software game to another from software game and that's that's pretty crazy but it's it's, it's ridiculous
1: just to, I guess, again, to try and wrap up, like the the backtracking thing, I've noticed that too. That I think the idea here is that they just want you to move on to the next area. Like you're right, they, I've, they do. I've have not it, really. Right? They do have it. I haven't really found a lot of shortcuts anywhere. Like you get little ones, but nothing to the extent of the original Dark and,
0: Souls. And partly it's because you just don't really need it. And no. it's usually not even a shortcut. It's like a there's something behind this door that I want to get, like an item or something. But you can't get it because you need to find another way into the room, and then you can open that door to get out of the room. Yeah, going all the way back through the way it took the way you went to get in there. So it's but you don't need them because again you find so many sites of grace that you can just fast travel.
1: I listened back to it as well and it was funny like i'm sitting there listening to us speaking and i like wanted to make more arguments for some reason but like the uh the chalice dungeon-esque uh i think they're called crypts in elden ring and they're you know they they are like they are built from templates but even just like replaying that first area with this new character and like working my way through them like just the fact that it's so meaningful, like you get those gravewort plants or whatever they're
0: called, and you can like yeah. power up
1: your ashes, and you always get a new ash summon at the end of it, and like
0: there's reasons to, for it. But also on the other in, on the inverse, like some of them feel like they are a little cookie cutter, like mm. especially the ones that are like mines, right? And you've got the dudes mining, and like I've seen areas that have been reused, but then I've also I don't gone like to some. Mines.
1: I actually like outright don't like them. I just force myself because
0: the rewards are they so got the meaningful. Stones, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's that's the upside to it. It's. But
0: then I found another one and I was like, this is unlike any I've ever seen. I've gone through, what, 30 of these things by now and I've never seen one like this and it's completely different. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm platforming and I don't understand what's going on. And it's deep and it has like one of the m- sites of Marika. And I'm like, oh, why the fuck's this here? And I'm like, oh, it's because you've put a platforming section in that's fucked.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to die and I don't want to get all the way back, which I appreciate. Uh, but anyway, what a game. What a game.
1: Are you any closer to going back to horizon because at this point i feel like i've forgotten i don't know anything else but like strategizing for elden ring i feel like i'm gonna have to take some time with this
0: this is breath of the wild again right like horizon came out i played it for a week and was like this is amazing and then uh, breath of the wild came out and i was like well i'll see you in 80 hours or so maybe (laughs) i'll loop back around um, uh, but there's not like I I haven't looked at the release schedule for anything, but there's not really anything that I know of that's coming out soon that I care about. So I've got I've got plenty of time.
1: Uh, just out of interest, I think I've again I had people here all week, but I just hit like forty four total hours across both characters. I only fucked around with the other one for like two hours, but main character I've like hit the forty hour mark. Are you anywhere near mm-hmm. that?
0: Thirty one, maybe thirty two. Yeah, maybe. right. Uh, so I'm getting there. I think I'm level like level fifty four.
1: I will be honest, like, the reason I kind of stopped progressing with my main character is I hit a point where I, fe- I don't know, but I feel like I'm getting towards some kind of end, or even at least, like, a run-up to one of the endings, and I just, I don't want it to be over. I don't want to But do it doesn't that. have to be,
0: and that's the best part, it doesn't have to be, because you can just, there's so much you've missed, probably.
1: But I, I have that weird broken brain where, like, I, I... I feel like if I see the ending, that will make me less inclined to see everything else.
0: Well, my thought is, like, don't keep going forward in the story.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I feel like I want to stop and go wide again instead of, like, focusing through. Anyway, we've got a lot to get through. We should uh, actually talk about some other things.
0: Yeah, and also, I need you to update the rubric so I can, so I can throw a slap a score on it.
1: I totally forgot about that. I will do that. I maybe we, it. Give it, I maybe it. we give it a score next week. Okay, let's do that. I think that's fair. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. Govinda, now it's time for some quick fire news. Yee-haw! God of War is getting a live action TV adaptation, and it may well be exclusive to Amazon Prime. It's being developed by PlayStation Studios and helmed by the directorial duo responsible for The Expanse.
0: Does this surprise you? Oh, that sounded like you had more to ask me. It sounded like you were going to say, does that surprise you, shock you? Like, you were going to ha- add more to that, and you didn't, so it was a little weird, but it's fine. <laughs> no, it doesn't surprise me at all. It feels like, honestly, based on just, like, the intro to the Uncharted movie that had the PlayStation Studios symbol, it really feels like they're going to be leaning they're going hard big. into this. That was actually
1: very cool, i got to say.
0: Like, to see that pop up, and you're like, holy shit, that
1: actually is, it means something. Like, yeah, that yeah. means I- there's some good shit coming.
0: Destiny is coming for sure.
1: I mean, we know Ghost of Tsushima is getting a movie. I
0: kind of wish it was a series. If I'm going to be honest, uh, I feel like it can be done in a movie, fine, just fine.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. It feels if it's like just... you
0: can do it in a movie. You don't need to do all the shit in that game, and you can kind of you can condense all of that into a movie pretty nicely. I think. I suppose, like uh,
1: now that I'm thinking about that, I almost wish Uncharted was a series.
0: Honestly, I'm actually stoked this is going to be a series because I think God of War, like, oh sorry, if you, uh,
1: I meant... Oh, yeah, a, um... no, I
0: know, I know, I know you're talking about Uncharted. Oh, okay, okay. But for, for this, I think this is a sick for a series because it was like, if you do the whole season one, is this their first journey trying to deal with like their mother's ashes and whatever, or the mother's ashes, that would be sick. And then the ending being the ending would be really cool. But I wonder if they're going to do a bit of an Uncharted and just kind of be like, it is going to be God of War and it's going to be our story.
1: I could see this as just an early prediction. I could see this being, like, two seasons to get through the first game. That would actually give them time to go straight into God of War 2, if they were able to well, drag that out.
0: When you say first game, you're talking, like, the original, like, PS2 God of War?
1: No, I think all that stuff is just, like, a flashback prologue. I think they just go straight into the Norse, the
0: new God of War. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, I, I'd be... I wouldn't be shocked if they... They might still do Norse, but they could make a different story altogether. I
1: have to say, I did see on Twitter, and I can't remember who, but they were just like, get ready for Tom Holland as Atreus. (laughs) (laughs) Because why not?
0: (laughs) And Mark Wahlberg as Kratos. (laughs) Well, that would be... Honestly, I think um, the best Kratos should... It should just be the guy that voices him, that played Teal'c in Stargate.
1: That would be interesting.
0: That would be interesting. I've... It's hard, isn't it's it? <laughs> it's gonna be the Rock. It's gonna be Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> honestly,
1: I could see someone like Gerard Butler with a shaved head, like oh, that kind of. Okay, he's the th- uh, the three hundred
0: guy, right? He's Leonidas. Yeah, yeah, Leonidas. Uh, it's actually uh, Leonidas. Uh, it's not. Watch the movie. Yeah, okay. they get it wrong, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh look anyway, it's it's probably two to three years away, so let's not get too amped on it, but I'll watch it.
1: Yeah, I think it's um it's pretty interesting. Did you watch The Expanse? That's a good show. No.
0: No, I'm not gonna and I'm you know. You don't have gonna, to. But no, I heard it was good, but I, and I heard that from you, but I'm I'm not gonna
1: Well yeah, I, I think that's pretty good hands. Um that actually I'm pretty pumped for that. Next up, Govinda, you will love this one. Battlefield 2042 developers DICE are looking to improve the game's largest maps by tweaking spawn points to reduce the amount of time spent slogging towards objectives. 128-player breakthrough has also been deemed too chaotic, and vehicle and player counts may be reduced in order to make the mode... I, I had more enjoyable, but
0: let's just say enjoyable. I think that gets the uh, <laughs> point across. It gets the point across. Uh, at I have nothing to say on this because this game is dead. It is dead. <laughs> I don't think they should keep making things for it. Like, And just take the L. I guess they kind of have to, right? They can't. They just can't. It's worse for them to do
1: that. I just don't think yeah, they can they afford it. They have to, to keep supporting
0: that. it. But I would be very quickly diverting people to make a new Battlefield game that is what people actually wanted and not this. And it, actually like commit to it being a battlefield game and not spend two and a half years thinking you're going to make a battle royale or a hero shooter and just make a battle make a proper fucking battlefield game
1: it honestly feels like that because it's it's been what like six months since this came out and you don't really hear much in the way of fixes like this is the first time this story has kind of like bubbled up to the point
0: i literally saw something about a patch going live today and then it was a video of a dude saying i saw the patch went live and i thought i'd check it out this happened to me 20 seconds into my first game and he's driving a car that then all of a sudden falls through the map, and you're just in that empty void space outside the map. And I just think you just take the L. Like you got to keep supporting it; otherwise, people will lose their shit, and you'll they'll never buy your game again. Uh, and you just sort to secretly work on Battlefield, whatever. Just call it Battlefield Six. Let's be honest, and <laughs> go from make that. a proper Battlefield game. Take and more then let time. one of those other de- yeah take more time. Let one of those other <sighs> developers make the hero shooter that you always wanted, and move on.
1: The problem, I suppose, the real issue here is they did take more time on this. This like they went away for a few years, and this is what they came up with. I'm a, at this point. I'm not very confident they can really come back. I think this damage is... This is deep. This is fucking oh, cyberpunk yeah. level. This
0: this damages the brand of Battlefield. Uh, it. Ba- it fucks up the brand DICE, too. I just think that all the people who make Battlefield don't work there anymore, so it's weird. Uh, to be fair, though, like, they did take years to make this, but that's because they, again, they were spending most of that time redeveloping it and re, like coming up with new things and trying to make this hero shooter battle royale thing that no one really wanted or cared about. And then it only took 11 months to make this piece of shit.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's there. I won't be checking it out. uh, No,
0: no, that's why I'm like, oh, I don't care about this anymore. So, yeah, see you later, Battlefield. It was a waste of money, I'm sorry.
1: Next up, Forspoken, the Square Enix RPG developed by the team responsible for Final Fantasy XV, Luminous Productions, has been hit with a hefty delay from the 24th of May to the 11th of October. The reasons for the delay are vague, and the developers have said that, quote, getting the game right is extremely important to us, end quote. Govinda... I feel like I felt in my bones that there was something off when we when we, this was revealed. It felt I was trying to say at the time like it felt so empty and weird, like the open world stuff they were pushing. Mm. And this, I mean, it actually does surprise me. But I suppose I don't know what I'm that's saying. That's a big delay. What's that like?
0: Six month delay? Six Nearly. months?
1: delay? Yeah. I mean, it was ne- like that's pretty big. It was only what two months away from release. It's, uh... I don't know. I have a weird feeling about this, and I think, in my mind, I... I don't know. I finally made the connection, and I was like, oh, you know what? The open world in Final Fantasy XV was dog shit, too. (laughs) Like...
0: I didn't know that they were the same developer until this moment.
1: Yeah, it's it's not good. I played, so the I delay makes game. way more
0: sense because do you remember how like Final Fantasy fifteen was kind of like missing just huge chunks of the game and it felt like they rushed the ending to make it yeah. work and they were just like, hey, sorry, oh, just to catch up on the story, can you watch this anime and this movie? Yeah, thanks.
1: Bye. <laughs> that was a lot. I think, to be fair, I think this Luminous Productions is sort of a new studio that spun off the team that made 15, so it's, like, not exactly everyone, but it's, that's yeah. the that's their selling point, is that they worked on Final Fantasy 15.
0: Well, well, we'll see what happens on the 11th of October, but you just went from, uh, you went from having this crazy, it's a PlayStation exclusive, isn't
1: it? Uh, it actually, yeah, it is, it is.
0: So you went from having this crazy exclusive coming out in May, where seemingly nothing else is, to pushing it to October, where you're gonna get flogged with releases, so... That's an interesting choice for them.
1: All right, Kavinda. Now it's time to move into the news we care about, which, as it evolves, is just longer, more in depth news stories. And that is the differential between that
0: and the quick fire news. <laughs> don't, don't call this out. Just You just say it, you just move it, and you just get in there, okay? They don't need to know we're dumb. I like to, them to see behind the curtain. I like them to get a full no, Because every time I show behind the curtain, you're like, don't show them behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The rumors were true. There is a state of play coming, and it's actually really soon for us. It's tomorrow. Uh, it's taking place. Holy on, shit! Yeah, it's taking place on Wednesday, the 9th of March. If you're in Australia, it's nine a.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, check your local oh. region for the exact. So we need to change this a little
0: bit because by the time you listen to this, the state of play has been, and we haven't been able to cover it because we've already recorded this podcast. It's funny,
1: though, because we're going to speculate, and I suppose that doesn't really make sense if you frame it from the point of view of No, the let's future. actually,
0: do, I've got something fun we can do. We're going to talk about the state of play that it has been. So you all might have heard that there was a state of play yesterday at about 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. It was awesome, dude. I think the, the best part of the show for me uh, was going to be uh, they have announced the Bloodborne PS5 upgrade which I'm really excited for. Maybe I won't play it, but I might dabble just to see that 60 frames a second running in that smooth, buttery <laughs> 4K. Cruel. It's cruel. <laughs> um, the other thing that I'm really stoked for is they finally announced Shin Megami Tensei V on PS4, PS5, which is pretty sick. I do like Atlas games, so I might give that a little whirl. Um, also, did you see that new game from uh, Team Eco in Japan Studio? Uh, no. it looks pretty cool. looks interesting. <laughs> I did never play The uh, Last Guardian, but... They make interesting games, and I definitely would have a little look at that one. Uh, The other one that I thought (laughs) you would love. (laughs) Did you see the Resident Evil 4 remake they announced? It was crazy. Hey, dude, you love Resident Evil. That is weird
1: that they would announce that having it already been announced (laughs) previously.
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, They just showed more, I think. I I thought they announced it. That's silly me. Uh, And uh, finally, did you see they announced Persona 6 finally, dude?
1: Yeah, it's so good. Biggest can't one on the show. I'm
0: so excited.
1: Can't wait to go to the other end of Japan and live there for a while.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. They definitely showed that other end of Japan. I forget the name of it. I think it's actually on uh, on Tsushima Island, right?
1: That's actually not part of Japan. I, don't, I just hate <laughs> that I'm like this. I just hate that I'm Why like this. Why are you like this? That's um, enough for so, Yeah, That was pretty sick. Wait,
0: wait, dude. And the the best part of the show is we finally got an in-depth look at Final Fantasy 16, dude. And it, it looks like the Final Fantasy game I've been missing all these years. Except for the action-y side of the combat, I missed that old Final Fantasy 10 turn-based baby. I hate that you actually ended on that because it, that's what the
1: scuttlebutt is is that this is actually going to be our chance to see Final Fantasy 16. I'm actually going to be a little disappointed if that isn't the case.
0: What do I get if I was right on all counts? Some kind of like
1: attaboy... I'll take it.
0: But I I think those are your actual predictions. I'm confused. What do you mean predictions? We watched it yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real funny. (laughs) Real funny. Uh, Look, I'm going to be really honest with you. Some of them are my predictions. Some of them I just stole straight off a website, and they're seven predictions for the (laughs) March 2022 PS4, PS5 state of play. We do actually know that it's going to go
1: for like 20 minutes. It's not going to be first party. It's going to focus on second and third party games. It won't be about psvr 2 i don't know it's actually quite exciting it's sort of a like this isn't going to be about gran turismo forbidden west we could see some god of war that's far-fetched but it's not impossible
0: Mm, maybe maybe we get a release date maybe but i don't think for 20 minutes they're going to go into too much god of war i'd imagine just because they said it was mainly third party and that's very not okay govinda moving right along Babylon's Fall is fucked
1: and everyone hates it. Is that inflammatory? Maybe not. The critics that even bothered to review it panned it, and the game peaked on Steam with just 650 concurrent players. For comparison, Elden Ring beat its own record over the weekend, falling just shy of a million players online at once. The developer Platinum Games and publisher Square Enix even paid a bunch of popular streamers to play it, which is common practice, but in this case, it actually seems to have backfired by broadcasting just how bad it is to a lot of people. <laughs> This—I don't know if you saw any of this—but this was uh, saw a little. This was a an uncomfortable. I watched some of the live streams, and like people are just—I can't even remember the dude's fucking name. But it was just like he was going. Alex Donaldson. Oh no no no! He's a he's a journalist. Oh, he shared something. He shared. Yeah, I, I'm yeah.
0: literally just looking at the article you linked because I. you right. I that's actually. Literally, I didn't know. I didn't know this game at all until you showed me like over the weekend how bad it was doing. Six hundred and fifty. Um, that's so wild. That's so low. That's so low for a launch weekend. It's actually aggressive.
1: And I mean, again, that's just on Steam. But if it, that's that's going to be the case everywhere, like this game looks terrible if you if you actually watch gameplay of it. This is the. The service game they were pushing
0: well I like in the article you've got on Push Square they even say as a comparison God of War which launched all the way back in January and isn't a live service game peaked at 5,000 players today yeah yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> wait of
1: 2018 yeah January yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: no, no, uh, the PC version
1: oh sorry sorry yeah of
0: course yeah. PC version came out in January and it peaked at 5,000 players the day they posted this being at 650 and it just launched This is, like... I I always wonder what
1: this would be like to be in the studio, and, like, you know, the director is just fucking
0: contemplating (laughs) (laughs) dark (laughs) things. Someone's (laughs) jumping out of a window. Oh The the one screenshot they have there is really damning. It just looks so bad.
1: (laughs) Govinda, this is I think one of the lowest rated PlayStation exclusive console exclusive titles. It's currently sitting at a 42 on Metacritic, and it has a 2.2 2.2 user score
0: i didn't even realize it was a exclusive i heard so little about it that they must not have believed in it and they what marketing push you know what i mean platinum games is a really interesting studio because sometimes
1: it's good like i like the near series i yeah and, and it's pretty it can be rough like you you're in it for the story really but uh i don't know they've had a few big fuck-ups like Remember, that they did a Ninja Turtles game and it was meant to be great, but it kind of ended up being bad.
0: Didn't they do all the Transformers ones as well? Yeah, they or did. They, like were, that? they weren't great either. Um, do they do Bayonetta? Am I correct? They're doing Bayonetta 3, which is really interesting. I thought interesting. they did Bayonetta. I thought they did Bayonetta 2, which was like a very highly reviewed game.
1: Yeah, people love Bayonetta, and I mean, they do a lot of great games. Like, they did Astral Chain on a uh, Nintendo Switch. That was an exclusive. That You know, went over really well. And they did... You might remember uh, Vanquish on PS3. Oh, yeah, I do. I never played it, but I think... I know people liked it. That's... It's just... They seem to be very hit and miss. And this is like... This is catastrophic. This is like... (laughs) I cannot imagine how much money this cost, And for them to have sold less than a thousand copies...
0: Uh, Yeah, look, I I didn't know about it until now. I'm surprised that you tell me it's a console exclusive and I will never play it, especially based on this. I almost want to play it just to see how bad it is. Maybe that's the stream.
1: Oh, that's, I mean.
0: But then someone has to buy buy it. (laughs) It's it's full price too. Uh, I'm not going to do that.
1: I see this thing coming to PlayStation Plus. That's how they try and recoup something.
0: I don't know why they would. That would be terrible for PlayStation to do that. Like yeah. PlayStation Plus, presumably they have to pay the developer to ha- put it up for free. And PlayStation, why would they do that? To take a hit in, like their consumers would be off it. They'd be like, "This, is, why would you put one of the worst reviewed games on PlayStation Plus for free? Unless it's a bonus game in a month.
1: Yeah, maybe they just off like low ball them. Be like, give you a couple yeah. hundred bucks. To like why you- pay Platinum Games to put <laughs> that shitty game there? You know what I mean? Elden Ring is the best-selling non-Call of Duty or FIFA video game since 2018's Red Dead Redemption 2, outselling the game we swore we wouldn't compare it to, Horizon Forbidden Schmest, or something that rhymes with that, two and a half times to one. That means it outsold heavy hitters from previous years such as Cyberpunk 2077 and Assassin's Creed Valhalla handily, ensuring we can look forward to future adventures in the lands between.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't appreciate the Horizon Forbidden West bit in there, mainly because that's a first-party exclusive game and Elden Ring is on on Steam and Xbox.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a weird example. Let's focus instead on the fact that this outsold Cyberpunk 2077 and Valhalla, those games are also multi-platform,
0: and they're massive. Yeah, true, but Cyberpunk suffered from the absolute worst launch. Maybe not worst. There's Battlefield there to contend with, so it probably butchered sales you recall that it still sold a fuckload. It was just received poorly. It sure did sell a fuckload, but imagine if it scored like nines and tens like Elden Ring did when it came out.
1: Mm, And mm. I think
0: it'd be crazy. But no, that's not to take away from this. The fact it's the best-selling non-COD game since Red Dead is hectic.
1: For a single-player game, I mean, with some multiplayer elements... And not even
0: just for a single-player game, for a very... Hardcore single-player game
1: I just, I love it It means we're getting more I, I want DLC in the meantime But I want I want the next FromSoft game to be Elden Ring 2
0: Oh, I think you nailed it last week When you said they can't go back
1: Yeah, oh, well, that, again, okay, maybe that's it Maybe I want Bloodborne 2 in the style of this But Oh,
0: there we go, baby I don't maybe think that's the case
1: I got a feeling Bloodborne 2 is coming And it's, it's not, like, gonna be like Elden Ring But anyway, who knows? Who knows?
0: Yeah, hopefully it's made by From Software because my concern is it's going to be made by someone else. That would be fucked if
1: they pulled a Dark Souls 2 on Bloodborne 2. Reckon that would... I might
0: Just. I don't know. I don't have to talk about it too long. It's a fantastic game, so I get it. It is like one of those generational, like Breath of the Wild vibes where everyone's talking about it and everyone's playing it and everyone's discovering shit together. And so
1: I get it. You might notice, Govinda, that we didn't talk about the escalating situation in Ukraine, but fear not because we're going to.
0: Oh, cool! Before we do that, no, no. Before we do that, I gotta, I gotta pull that up. It was brought to my attention that I and maybe Kale also were saying a lot of uh, the Ukraine, which is incorrect, Uh, and it just proves my ignorance and also why we (laughs) need another podcast to educate me, uh, because it is not the Ukraine. It is just a country called Ukraine.
1: I think for me, and I've been doing this a lot. I don't know if I did it on the episode, but definitely like in private. My justification is I, I always called it the Crimea, and that's wrong. But there was the Crimean War. And I think in my head, it's like, I don't know why. It doesn't make sense, but I think that's why I've been saying
0: Oh, dude. I think the thing that gets me is it's got a hard U at the start of it, and you've got the USA and the UK. Mm-hmm. And so they're the only hard use I can think of. And so when I hear Ukraine, it feels like there should be a "the" in front of it. But then I also understand it kind of harkens back to the USSR, which is kind of not a good vibe at the moment. (laughs) No. Uh, So look, apologies for that one. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. And uh, we're going to continue trying not to do that anymore. And it is just Ukraine going forward. Carry on. Guarantee one of us does it. Uh, (laughs)
1: Okay. Govinda, Gran Turismo 7 is reviewing well. The PlayStation-exclusive racer is sitting at a respectable 87 on Metacritic and is available now. Well, except unless you live in Russia. It joins a growing list of games that are being used as a form of digital sanction against Russia. CD Projekt Red is now prohibiting the sale of IP like The Witcher and Cyberpunk in the territory, and EA's FIFA and NHL titles have removed Russian teams from its games. The embattled Ukrainian government, headed by President Volodymyr Zelensky, has called upon both PlayStation and Xbox to block all Russian and Belarusian accounts on both platforms and to cancel gaming events in those two countries. I'm sure you've seen this situation escalating, Govinda, in which a lot of companies are pulling out or removing access for Russian citizens. We saw it with Apple and like those scenes in the in the metro where the Apple Pay wasn't working and you know the, the confusion that caused uh and now it's like it's come to games. I don't like this. It, I it doesn't sit well with me. How do you feel about this?
0: So I have a lot of thoughts and I don't have enough information to really uh, discuss it properly, I guess. Cuz so what I know is that Mastercard and Visa have stopped use in Russia.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: So theoretically no one can buy anything in any of these countries in, in Russia at this point, right? Using, like if, yeah, those it, like I don't know if Apple Pay not working was because Apple said Apple Pay is not working because Apple stopped the sale of iPhones and Apple products in Russia for sure. Yeah, but I think Apple Pay not working is more that the card they're using is a MasterCard or a Visa and they no longer work.
1: Yeah, that's right, right?
0: that's my and understanding. And so I think about like, oh, well, CD Project Red's prohibiting sales of IP like The Witcher, and that's because you can't go on a PlayStation and use your MasterCard or your Visa to buy anything. There is that, and- too. But these
1: companies came out specifically and said, look, we're we're just not gonna allow the sales of them, yeah, regardless.
0: Because yeah. there's a ways around that. I don't think PayPal has stopped. And you could That's true. But PayPal's off I guess it can be linked to a bank account, but PayPal's often linked to a MasterCard or a Visa. That's true. Card, <laughs> or it's then linked to a bank account and then you're then doing a transfer from a bank account internationally, which has been blocked as well.
1: Yeah, that's it's a good point, but this is specifically the companies have come out and said this explicitly like even well, if that it, wasn't the case you couldn't buy them anyway even if your mastercard worked
0: for sure for sure but then i'm like is all of this is this all of this moot though because like honestly they can't do anything and then i go to like well the ruble's dropped even way further oh, than oh, yeah, yeah since, last week like yep <laughs> one ruble is now worth 1 us cent and that was last week's information it's probably worse than that now yeah. So yep. could they buy anything anyway? Like <laughs> like how much of these games on the PlayStation store that they're looking at to buy? They're probably some crazy amount of money. I think for me, it's more
1: like I just, this is too broad, you know? Like the average person that's bar- trying to, for whatever reason, buy The Witcher 3 in Russia is not to blame. And it seems, I don't understand how this helps other than it sends a message. I Like I see that. Yeah, for sure. I just don't think it's going to change Vladimir Putin's mind for you know for CD Projekt to rebuke them like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. But on a more like macro level, if everything just stops happening in Russia, then Russia is has to be self sufficient in all aspects of the economy, including entertainment and all this stuff. And I, I, you get to a point where you're like, okay, well they're they're getting crippled econ- economically. Yeah, like, absolutely crippled. And then you start thinking like. How long can they last for? Uh,
1: like They think at least a year, apparently. Okay. <laughs> uh, Well, this is unprecedented, but that was the news a few days ago, was that yeah? Putin had sort of planned for this and built enough of a cash reserve to inject into the economy to sort of counteract it. I don't think anyone expected it to be this bad, but...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to counteract this. I guess, like, internally, you can still make things affordable for people to some extent, but it has these ripple effects too where the russian economy absolutely getting decimated is also like not great for the stock market and cryptocurrency and some people are uh, uh, who knows if it's going to happen but some people are predicting like a semi global financial crisis again due to the collapse of the russian economy which
1: is and uh, again that's it just makes me uncomfortable cuz i think sanctions don't generally work generally
0: like they have yeah but they're usually not nearly this aggressive
1: when people get sanctioned think about like cuba cuba is still being sanctioned by the u.s and they exist as a country it sucks to live there but it because here's (laughs) the thing they want pressure for the russian people to overthrow putin that's what this is designed to do they want the situation that's kind of was my thought yeah, yeah to become so bad but for me i'm like i don't know i just it makes i'm uncomfortable with punishing innocent people for the crimes of their government and it's complicated, yeah. more complicated. I no, I <laughs> totally get
0: it too, and I don't. I don't disagree with that. I think it's a bit wild. But then I part of it is I get that it's the pressure thing. But it, yeah, they didn't do anything wrong necessarily. It's just Putin and his regime that are just fucked.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a I think there's a couple of hundred million people in Russia. Like it's as big as you know, in terms of population, the United States. It's it's crazy to punish that many people. I do think it will be interesting to see what PlayStation and Xbox do because could you imagine if they ban all those accounts they're just done inactive gone or just
0: they just shut down the psn in the region like psn xbox live just gets shut down now yeah
1: and again it's like this is the real world and obviously far more important than video games but that's
0: huge that's such a huge move <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i wonder if we will see like a russian revolution
1: yeah i mean it's famously it's happened
0: before <laughs> it's remember that remember that all the russian president or presidential candidate that got like poisoned and like fled the country i forget his name it's, uh, do you remember this yeah, a little yeah yeah it's ago? Uh,
1: alexander something he he was poisoned putin Ooh. putin poisoned him yeah. and then famously yeah, and he put him in he put him in jail yeah, he and re- stuff like for ages he returned to the country with balls of steel he he came home and it was a amid- is he still in jail yeah i mean i don't know if he's still alive he definitely went to jail do we know oh, if he's alive? Yeah. That, would be the,
0: <laughs> that would be the greatest comeback story ever is like a, <laughs> a, a Russian revolution led by that guy. You know? Yeah. I don't even think he was even that good of a guy, but just on a, like, a, again, we're not even talking about games at this point, but, um, President Zelensky is, do you know where, like, do you know what he was before he was the president of Ukraine? Yeah.
1: It's funny. I just was talking to my wife about this. I, yes, he was a comedian. He, uh
0: and he play- he was in a comedic show where he came out of nowhere to become the president of Ukraine. Yeah, and the cool thing is
1: in the show apparently I have no idea that I'm just repeating what I heard. He's like a very anti-corruption candidate and he ran using the popularity of the show. He formed a political party that has the same name as the show, which I don't know. <laughs> but he yeah. he sort of like used the platform and actually became president.
0: Uh, it's crazy because you were like you were saying like he went that dude went back into Russia with balls of steel. This guy, how is he being such a leader? And he came up as a comedian. It, it's blowing my mind. Whereas like American's uh, celebrity president is an absolute <laughs> orange muppet. <laughs> this guy is an absolute legend. There was
1: a viral tweet that I really liked, which was you know I it was something along the lines of I thought Zelensky was Ukraine's version of Joe Biden. Actually, he's Ukraine's version of Winston Churchill. Like, he's like, you Ooh. know, he's going to be a historic figure. My fear, though, is that this man is also doing everything in his power to draw the world into a war, and I'm terrified of it because, again, no shade if our country was being invaded. I would hope our leader was doing everything in the world to bring everyone in.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> our leader would be in Hawaii, bro. He, right? he would. <laughs> there's no way he's putting on a vest taking a video and being like I haven't left I'm still here like he would just be gone dude again it goes back to last week in the no fly
1: zone he really wants that and I don't want that I'm scared of that but we don't have to do this right now world war
0: is scary but (laughs) yeah should we end on that morbid morbid note absolutely if you get conscripted sorry let's redo that when we get conscripted (laughs) What branch of the military do you want to be in?
1: That's tough. I think it's got to be Air
0: Force, and
1: I think it's got to be... I mean, I actually, like, I work in logistics. I could have a nice, cushy job in a warehouse somewhere, and that could be fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I was thinking something similar. I'd probably go into more of, like, a technical, like, technician mm. kind of route, but very much based on the ground. Yeah. And not in combat.
1: You definitely don't want to be in the army, like the infantry. And for me personally, I definitely don't want to be in the Navy. That scares the shit out of me. No,
0: no, no. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you, like, who, when you're on an aircraft carrier, Mm. is it a combination of the Navy and the Air Force? Or is it just the Navy? Or is it just the Air Force? I think it is
1: different. And especially in America, it's different. I think it's Navy, but they also have the Marines, which is a, fourth branch and i think they have their own shit too Ooh.
0: so if you're on an aircraft carrier just, even though there's aircraft on it mm. it's still a navy vessel with navy uh, Was it navy pilot it is actually and i know that because we saw the uncharted movie
1: and sully's backstory is that he was a navy helicopter pilot
0: ah oh, there we go that's a beautiful full back. circle oh, what, a fucking, <laughs> what a fucking bookend on this fucking episode Alright everyone, this has been Long Live Play episode 40, the big 4-0. I've been me, he's been him. If you like it, love it, on Apple Podcasts with a 5-star review, please write a review for us because we really would like them. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. Any parting words, Kale? Go see the Uncharted movie, it's surprisingly good. And I will finish on, go see the Batman because it's, it's surprisingly better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.